Hey, Christy, how's it? Di- well, oh, huh. You got a real supervillain outfit kind of thing on, huh? Dinner crafting is going smoothly, husband. I have brought together some of the most powerful objects in the cosmos together to craft this, the finest of all. Uh, huh. So, uh, what do you buy at the grocery store? Buy? Buy? Only a foolish mortal such as yourself would think this was a mere jaunt of capitalism, an exchange of monetary value for goods? Bah! No. This was a quest, husband, an odyssey across realities, the entire ether open to me. I journeyed far and wide and gathered the most powerful tools of infinity. I did battle with several elder concepts. I braved eldritch terror. I traveled eons backward, forward, and sideways to accomplish this task. And finally, my quest is nearly complete. Wait, okay, so so you needed to go to space to get the stuff for dinner? Dinner! You keep using that phrase to describe this, the Infinity Feast. I only need one more ingredient. Well, it definitely looks like you're making spaghetti, so, uh, do you have the tomatoes? Those grown by the eternal planter himself, the Romas of Reality Unbound. Okay, the spaghetti noodles? Crafted in the pasta forge and stolen from he who demands hospitaliano. Garlic? Found deep under the earth, guarded by the sinister moles of the cosmos. Okay, herbs? That is the final ingredient. Herbs from the wild dimension, bathed in the light of the binary suns of chaos and order. Oh, well, well, there's some here in the cabinet. Would, would that do okay? Uh, yeah. Thanks, dear. No problem, sweetheart. After this, uh, infinity feast, are you going to be ready to talk about comics? Yes. I'm Christina Edelman. And I'm Chris Edelman. And this is Chris's on Infinite Earths. The podcast where nothing will ever be the same. Welcome, readers, to this, our first episode of, do we call this, what saga do we call this? Uh, This is the prelude, prelude to Infinity Gauntlet. Okay, so... Can we call this our first Infinity Gauntlet episode, or is this specifically a Thanos quest episode? Uh, I, mm, I don't know. Welcome, readers, to this, our episode covering Thanos quest. We don't the know. The prelude to Infinity Gauntlet. Right. We'll be covering Infinity Gauntlet after this in two additional episodes. Yeah. But um, Infinity Gauntlet literally starts with Thanos having gathered all of the gems, so I thought it was kind of important to, like... <laughs> yeah, plus this is a fun read. Yeah, uh, Thanos' quest is probably better than Infinity Gauntlet, actually. Oh. I don't think Infinity Gauntlet's bad, I just think that Thanos' quest is probably... Is it just a tighter story? Yeah. Infinity Gauntlet's got a little bit of that crossover syndrome, where it's like, mm. there's just a lot mm. of people in it. And... Yeah. And this, we have Thanos. And those that he meets... On his quest. I feel like 20 people bought this comic, because, th- like, Thanos could not have been that popular in, like, 1990 or whatever. That's true. 
Like, how popular could this have been? I mean, it's a, it's a well done comic. It is. I mean, maybe more people bought it than I than I'm anticipating. It's it's sort of an interesting comic in that it's two large issues. Yes, it is. And maybe that's how you get people to take a gamble on it. Yeah, like I, I this couldn't have been available like in the grocery store. I feel like this was like something you had to go to the comic store to get maybe. Mm-hmm. And somebody's like, "You got to read this. It's going to be important for the thing that's coming up." And people are like, "There's things coming up. I only read Spider-Man." <laughs> Chris knows comics. <laughs> Well, there's actually there's going to be a lot to talk about it, about Thanos. Uh, I spent like the past three months um, slowly reading every appearance of Thanos prior to this, knowing that I want that we were going to cover it and that I wanted to talk about it. So there's going to be a lot. That's similar to my preparation, where I quested for for tasty snacks <laughs> in an effort to be ready to talk about a quest. We have no tasty snacks here, Christy. Well, that's because I ate them on my quest. (laughs) Oh, goodness. (laughs) Well, are you going to be ready to jump into the summary? Yeah, summary. Thanos Quest, number one and two, written by Jim Starlin, penciled by Ron Lim, inked by John Biatti, colored by Tom Vincent, lettered by Ken Brusenak, and edited by Craig Anderson and Renee Witterstetter. Thanos gazes into the Infinity Well, contemplating how he will fulfill Death's directive given to him to annihilate half of the life of the universe. One of Death's weird little helpers kind of taunts him a little bit, and Thanos tells Death that he needs her leave to collect all six soul gems, the power of which will allow him to fulfill his task. After finding out that the first gem is in the possession of the In-Betweener, an enemy of Death, Death grants his leave. Thanos journeys through strange dimensions until he comes to the Nexus of Realities, where the in-betweener has been imprisoned by the Lords of Order and Chaos. Thanos offers to break him out of prison and tells the in-betweener his help is needed to help Thanos betray death. The in-betweener agrees and they break him out of prison. However, he immediately tries to betray Thanos, but his vast powers aren't working. Thanos explains that at this spot where order and chaos blend, the in-betweener's powers don't work. He also laughs that he would never betray death and takes the in-betweener's soul gem, the one that used to belong to Adam Warlock. Thanos takes his leave and the lords of order and chaos arrive to punish the in-betweener. Death and one of her minions appear to Thanos, questioning if his lies about betrayal were really lies. Thanos insists he would absolutely not betray death and it was all a ploy. Death is placated for now. For the next gem, Thanos goes to the planet Tamarada, where a huge war is taking place. It's the current home of the Elder of the Universe known as the Champion, the holder of the Power Gem. Thanos accosts the Champion, demanding a fight for the ownership of the planet. The Champion and Thanos scrap for a bit, with Thanos enraging the Champion on purpose until he tricks the Elder into destroying the planet they're on. Thanos taunts the Champion, who is now stranded in space as Thanos takes his leave with his spaceship chair. The Champion demands Thanos help him, but Thanos asks for the Champion's soul gem as a trade. The Champion agrees, and Thanos tows Champion to the nearest planet. But instead of dropping him off on the planet, he drops the Champion off in the atmosphere to fall the entire way. Thanos decides to call the gems the Infinity Gems now and goes off to get the next one from an elder called the Gardener. After his arrival, he is greeted by the Gardener, and they walk in his beautiful garden for a while. However, the Gardener knows why Thanos has come and says he will not give up his gem without a fight. They sit and begin their battle as the Gardener wraps Thanos in vines. However, Thanos breaks free and monologues about the Gardener's 
gem, the time gem. Then we see the gardener's fate as Thanos had used his power gem to augment the gardener's time gem, causing extreme overgrowth of plant material throughout the body of the gardener. Thanos grabs the time gem and zooms off. Issue 2. The Elder known as the Collector gets a call from Thanos. Thanos wants the Elder's Infinity Gem, but the Collector will only trade it for something truly unique. Thanos says he'll call the Collector back. Thanos heads to a section of space frequented by the Elder known as the Runner. The Runner arrives with gusto, speeding through Thanos' ship and ripping it to bits. The Runner taunts Thanos, knowing why he's here, and literally runs circles around the Titan as he explains that his now vast speed is thanks to his Infinity Gem. Before he destroys Thanos, he asks about the origins of the gems, and Thanos explains that a vast, powerful entity lived a lonely existence and decided to end its own life. The entity's power after its death became the gems. However, before before the runner can defeat Thanos, Thanos explains that the runner's gem is the space gem, a gem which enables him to subconsciously manipulate space to appear faster. Thanos then explains his own time gem, aging the runner into near death. Thanos grabs the space gem and then turns the runner back into an infant before zooming off. Thanos heads back to the Collector, offering a trade of the baby runner for the Collector's Infinity Gem. The Collector eagerly agrees, but then laughs at Thanos and tells him that the gems are worthless. Thanos retorts that the Collector simply wasn't up to the challenge, and demonstrates the newly obtained Reality Gem's power to warp existence. This terrifies the Collector, who bids Thanos leave, but not before telling the Titan that the final gem is in the possession of the very powerful Elder, known as the Grand Master. Thanos already knows this and takes his leave, but not before explaining that his little spell on the runner was only set to last for a short while. The runner changes back into an adult, enraged at the Collector as Thanos leaves. Thanos finally confronts the Grandmaster, who has been waiting for the Titan. The contest is for all the marbles and will take place in a simulation. The two fight in the simulation in mechanized battle suits, and Thanos looks to have the upper hand. However, the Grandmaster cheats, having programmed the battle suit to encase Thanos in a silicon fungus. However, Thanos had actually replaced himself with a robot double, and thus is the victor. He destroys the computer, stranding the Grandmaster in the simulation before taking the gems and leaving. Thanos heads back to Death, triumphant in his quest. Death, however, still won't speak to him, and one of her cronies says that Thanos is now superior to Death, so she doesn't dare speak to him. Thanos blows the crony up and goes to have a pout. All right. So Thanos is a character since this is this is we haven't gotten like a ton of Thanos prior to this. No, we haven't. I mean, we in this podcast. Yes. Uh, I'm not I'm not sure how much Thanos you've read to be to be honest at this point. I think this is probably some of my first Thanos. I'm trying to think about if I've seen him in other things. If I did, if I did, it's not like in a run that I'd been really invested in or anything. Yeah, he tends to be like an Avengers bad guy or like a Guardians of the Galaxy bad guy. Mm-hmm. And those are not runs that I've generally uh, dug into. Right. So um, there's the the MCU Thanos is is a guy who his own planet got like overpopulated, and so he's trying to destroy half of the life of the universe to prevent overpopulation, mm-hmm. a thing that would really only delay it, uh, especially if a population is capable of, du- of doubling, you know, like, it, it, it right. again, very right. dumb plan. Um, in this, he, so Jim Starlin, who wrote this, created Thanos. He originally appeared in a random issue of Iron Man as like a one-off bad guy. Okay. But he still had like this origin. This, this his, his origin is like a Titan- uh, is not new. However, he was originally, like, maybe descended from, like, the Olympic gods. 
Huh. But then that the the whole Olympic god thing got like entirely retconned. Okay. And that's what made him an eternal. So he is like descended from the eternals that lived on the on like the moon titan of Saturn. Okay. Not the eternals that the m- movie is that we saw in the movie. I mean the same the same There like, there, the there same, are eternals. They but are not, eternals, but, but not like he didn't come from Earth. He did not come from Earth. Is what and he's like part deviant or something, which is why he looks weird, if I recall correctly. Uh, I might be screwing that bit up, but the reason why he, he doesn't look like a human being like all the other Eternals does is some matter of stuff. Um, the matter of stuff being it was cooler to draw him that way. Well, so... And he was drawn that way without in a clear origin, more than likely, right? Or Yeah, his first appearance was like... He had, like, a very muted origin, and then it was, like... He was just a space bad guy. Yeah. It's interesting, because he didn't... There's not, like, a a complete Thanos story in one thing. He was in that Iron Man. Mm -hmm. And then he was in a bunch of issues of Captain Marvel. Now, this is, like, Captain Marvel, like, Marvel. Right. And then he was in a bunch of issues of Warlock, like, the Adam Warlock comic. Mm-hmm. Which Adam Warlock is a space good guy in the way that Thanos is a space bad guy. Um, and then, and th- this has been like over, like he started in like the 70s. This is the early 90s. Okay. So this, like, this, it took forever. And then he was finally like a bad guy in a very short run of Silver Surfer comics that leads directly into Thanos Quest. Um, at the end of the Adam Warlock stuff, he got like turned into a stone statue. And then Death just shows up in Silver Surfer and turns him back into Thanos because she she is she wants someone to kill half the life in the universe and right. it's like you're the only one who can do it. And Thanos has the biggest crush on Death. Even like his earliest appearances, Death would like would like just be a cloaked figure like hanging out with him. And who wouldn't fall for a cloaked figure? Yeah, like truly. <laughs> but um. I, I, so he, he just really wants to be death's equal and he thinks death is great. That's his whole deal. He was later given like a real like origin story and it's awful. It has been sort of like pseudo tweaked to be less awful. There was, he was like a little Hannibal. Like he, you know, he was like a weird kid that did dissections at age 10 or whatever. And it like, it made him like, it was just, it was a bad origin. That comic's bad. It's called Thanos Rising. I don't, I don't like it. Okay. It doesn't exist. God, I wish it didn't. However, it keeps- I said it didn't. It doesn't. It keeps coming back up. No. (laughs) Right now, Lil' Thanos is one of the bad guys in the Avengers run. Ah. He's just like 12-year-old Thanos. Has he still got the the, the chin? Yeah, he's always had the chin. He's got like a Skrull chin. I thought, when I was younger, I thought he was like uh, like a super Skrull. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's a special purple scroll because he had the chin. That That's an origin that makes more sense to me. Some sort of weird augmented scroll that just fell in league with that. Mm-hmm. Outside of the comics, a lot of people think that he is based on Darkseid mm. from DC Comics because they have these, like, they are these, both these, like, very larger than life cosmic bad guys. Mm-hmm. I've heard that that is not really the case. It's all speculation. Yeah. I mean, I think Jim Starlin's talked about it a little bit. But I, I think at this point, they're so different, it's silly to say too much about it. Right. It's just like how Deadpool is based off of Deathstroke from DC, but they're such different characters now, it's like, whatever. Right. But that's kind of Thanos' whole deal at this point. He's got a crush on death, He's and who can blame death. him? Who's, who can blame him? Got a crush on death. 
And it's a really a beautifully told story. The art in this. Ron Lim really brings his A game. Mm-hmm. I like I never I never have like super high expectations for anything that we read on this podcast because it's always like such a variety. So it's always nice to be like surprised by, oh, look at this art. This is this is one of the, the good ones. And the story's tight, like very straightforward. It's a nice little two issues. It is. I, lo- I love Thanos Quest. Um, I, th- I read it like a few years ago in the bathtub at one point. And I was like, this, this rips. This rips. <laughs> I love this. Um, my one complaint is I think the, the lettering of Thanos' thoughts that is really just typed letters. I thought that was a little shoddy, but it is the rest of it's so good. And even like the rest of the lettering is so good that like mm-hmm. I can't be too mad at it. Right. Yeah. The, so each of our like five, it's five, right? Five bad. There's six. That's six right. Six gems. Yeah. Six. Each of our six. I mean, I guess I wouldn't call them, them baddies. They're not all. The elders of the universe were guys. introduced as bad guys in in the Avengers. I cannot buy that the gardener is a bad guy. Well, the the deal is they keep adding more elders. Mm. Like you remember when we covered Empire last year? Mm-hmm. Dan Slott made another elder, which was that one who like ran a casino or whatever. Oh yeah, I remember that. So they just yeah, boy, but she just didn't need to exist. I feel I was like, there's other elders, and they all like there's so much overlap, right? But they're basically just really old immortals who just, like, they kind of remind me of, like, Greek gods. And that, like, they don't, even though they're, like, vastly powerful, they mostly don't actually use their powers to help anybody. They just kind of do their own thing. Right. Even right. the gardener is just like, I want to make a garden. Right. And it, it just, it kind of implies that if you live long enough and have enough power that you're just going to use that in your own self-interest. Yes. And not ne- necessarily mm-hmm. any anything of, of value to humanity. <laughs> no, granted, the, in- the in-betweener is not an elder of the universe. He is like one of the, he's like, con- uh, like a concept. There's a lot of like- So how do you live as a concept? I don't know. Like death is a concept, right? Okay, yes, but- Order. Death, the character, is the embodiment, is yeah. the physic- corporeal embodiment of a concept. The in-betweener is the corporeal embodiment of shifting between one thing th- to another. Like, the barrier between life and death. The barrier between, in this case, order and chaos. The barrier between that which was and that which will be. The barrier between me and a cheeseburger. <laughs> Christy has to fight the in-betweener. <laughs> I'm hungry right now. <laughs> I <can tell. laughs> He's talking about snacks. He uh, he was also, if I recall, created by Jim Starlin because he popped up in in Adam Warlock stuff, and okay. he was supposed to change Adam Warlock, or he was supposed to be there for Adam Warlock turning into his evil alter ego, the Magus. Mm-hmm. He very much looks like the Binars from Star Trek, which are like like the half black, mm-hmm. half like pitch black, half like stark ivory white. Mm-hmm. They also kind of remind me of a black and white cookie. Which is a delicious Jewish dessert. Oh, man. So much food talk. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry. But one of the things that I love most about all of these encounters is, like, any any regular, like, listener of the show knows that I love non-fighting solutions to problems. Thanos, Thanos literally never uses, like, overpowers anybody in this comic. Right. He outsmarts them. He tricks them. He outmaneuvers them yeah and 
I find that absolutely delightful. Like, how am I a Thanos fan right now? Well, like, early Jim Starlin Thanos was like, I don't know, was, he he's a very compelling bad guy. Like, he doesn't do anything too terribly bad throughout this, except, you know, like, steal things from people we don't really necessarily like that well, much. Well, I mean, he's ultimately trying to snuff out half of the universe. But right, right, like his end goal. I think it's uh, it's it's partway between the fact that there is like no Marvel heroes in this. Like right. this if 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 I didn't know that these were Marvel characters, this could be completely separate. Oh yeah, Th- this could be an indie comic for It's got no Spider-Man, it's got no X-Men or whatever. It is mm-hmm. very much like by itself, which is also why I joke that like did anybody read this? Mm-hmm. Um but we also kind of get inside Thanos's head. And for the most part, he isn't thinking like, boy, I can't wait to do bloodthirsty killing. It's very much like a, like, like someone trying to accomplish something and they're very capable. Right. Like I have a very well thought out plan. I've stared into infinity for long enough Mm -hmm. that I've I've figured it all out and I'm going to, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to get the gal. Like his end goal is not killing half of the universe his end goal is it's cozying to, up to death cozying up to death <laughs> right so it it's it's easier to overlook that aspect of him and you know what he's going to do in the terms of this story but like like obviously he is like a very like deeply evil character it's just i feel like this comic does a lot to sort of make him a compelling like quote unquote protagonist Right. Because he is the protagonist of this of this comic. Right. Even though he is like super evil. He is literally like <laughs> Right. It's I mean, there there couldn't be a hero in this comic because he, he needed to be the protagonist. Yeah. Um I also I love that that so uh, with you saying like he you know, with us saying like he doesn't really like use his his vast cosmic power to really overthrow anybody like violently. Mm-hmm. The only time he really does violence is at the very end when he loses his temper with, I mean, death, but all, death like spoken through her servant and mm-hmm. like, ex- like viscerally explodes right. that rat right. guy. Uh, and, and growing plants through the gardener, that was, that was kind of, I mean, like, I don't think the gardener survived that. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So that was kind of violent, that but it wasn't bad. like, wasn't like, I'm going to smash you. Yeah, Thanos does does not like come out even though Thanos Thanos like his design screams like heavyweight brawler. Right, it does. He does not like do that. He's he's just smart. Yeah. He is he is he's a very he's like a very cerebral bad guy. Mhm. He's he's smart but not haughty in the way that Doctor Doom is smart and haughty. I don't think I think Thanos like he knows he knows his ability and he's not like he's not full of himself like he's not going to have a a Thanos city or Thanos world or anything he yeah he's not he's not narcissistic he's not insecure in the way that Doctor Doom is insecure well, I feel like he is kind of insecure though you think I think just about like I don't think he's insecure about anything except his ultimate goal of getting death right I yes. think, and, and the, uh, well, that's and that's why it's his goal, right? And as Infinity Gauntlet moves on, I feel like that gets like picked at more. Mm-hmm. I don't want to like ruin Infinity Gauntlet too much, but it is also very Thanosy. Mm-hmm. I feel like the a lot of the heroes sort of take a backseat at times mm-hmm. to Thanos just doing Thanos things. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he is often defeated because he doesn't know his own limits. Mm. He was, he once became like the, like basically eternity. Have you ever read any comics with eternity, which is another like, like embodiment or concept of Marvel? It's Mm. just, it's kind of like the embodiment of like the cosmos itself. Very cool design was created by in like a Dr. Strange comic by Stan Lee and, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Steve Ditko, but Thanos kind of becomes eternity at one point mm. using a cosmic cube before he get he, before he gets the infinity gems. You'll note like these days we call them infinity stones. They were gems at the, this point before that they were soul gems. They used to be all one color. Now they're all, now they're very different. Um, right. They seemed like they were different colors, even the same gems within the pages of this. Yeah, I feel like they, they that was a, that a little that bit. That was a colorist goof, I For feel a like. bit, they're all green, and then, like, one of them's red. <laughs> right. Like, okay. Let's, I was confused. <laughs> um, but he becomes, like, it. he becomes Eternity, but forgets that he has to still, like, be using the Cosmic Cube, and so they manage mm-hmm. to, like, outsmart the fact that he's still, like, a person as a god. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is, is things like that, how Thanos ends up being, like, defeated. It is mm-hmm. very rarely through brute strength. Well, right, because that's not how he maneuvers. So if you're going to outmaneuver the manipulative smart guy, like you have to outsmart them. Right. Yeah, makes sense. I like him. I'm more interested in Thanos as a bad guy after reading these two issues than I was with all of the Avengers stuff. Like the movies? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's fine. Right. (laughs) It's wild to me that uh, people now, like everyone in the world knows who Thanos is a villain that whenever I got into comics, I had to like think about him and look him up because I hadn't read anything from when I was a kid or read mm-hmm. anything about him when I was a kid. Yeah. Thanos, the eco-terrorist is me. Now there is a Thanos, bit- the, the, Thanos, the, the, incel? the, have the hots for death in, in for it. Love it. Um, there is a bit in Silver Surfer, because at that point he's given his mission to kill 50% of the mm-hmm. world, where he shows the Silver Surfer, like, basically, like, the eco-terrorism plot. Like, look mm-hmm. at, your like, Earth is gonna be covered in trash because of people living. That's, again, that's misguided. It's not why the world's covered in trash. Because um, people are trash. <laughs> it's because <laughs> people created trash as opposed to, like, things that could, well, anyway. So, but the, he uses it as, like, an excuse to, like, win over the Silver Surfer. So it feels like almost like another ploy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's funny because it's, the, what Thanos seems to truly believe in the movies is something he puts on for an even more selfish motive. Mm-hmm. Which I, to me, is more interesting. Yeah. I can, I can. To me, it is more interesting that this guy is like, and it's more comic booky and weird that he's trying to impress the embodiment of death, right? Rather than just like ecofascism, like yeah, this evil altruism is, is is tougher to buy. Like, I think I think I get it because it, it maybe would have been real weird, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Like, so a lot of these MCU, we've already seen death in the MCU. Have we? Have haven't we? Well, no, we've just seen Hella. We've seen Hella. Oh, there's a lot of hells in, the, in, in Marvel too. <laughs> like, there's like a council, and there's a bunch of like the de- like we, the devil people. We've all show gotten up. into that into in one of these episodes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep, it's a whole bunch. It was a whole bunch. I I don't I don't know. I like I I like people with selfish motives. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like doing it for love. <laughs> it's it's like <laughs> it's not even love. It's not it's even the- love. Like, and it is so obvious that death is just manipulating him. Mm-hmm. 
And I like the fact that at the beginning of this, he can't talk to her because he's not her equal. Mm-hmm. And at the end, he also can't talk to her because he's not as equal, but it's the diff. Ah, oh, perfect. It's it. Thanos just simping for death. It's and so she's- good. It's, it is absolutely perfect. <laughs> and I love that. Like, that's the time where he absolutely loses his calm. Oh, great. It's so great that he's like, he's like the outsmarter and yet is like constantly outsmarted by like death. That's why he wants. That's why he wants her. Yeah, it rules. So, what did you think about the 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 introduction? So, this is like where the powers of the of the Infinity Stones were really hammered down. Mm-hmm. The Soul Gem was hammered down a little bit before this, and like people live in the Soul Gem. Mm, wait, what? Who lives in the Soul Gem? Uh, at this moment, Warlock and Gamora. And Pip the Troll, who are all from the Warlock run. What is it like living in a gem? Um, it's there's like another like there's like it's like semi like like a paradise a little bit. So you, you just get to chill out in paradise and nobody bothers you? I think so. That sounds sweet. Well I mean like Things are that, gonna, things are gonna the- be a little different by the end of the story. <laughs> I mean the those three in there maybe not so sweet, but uh mm-hmm. I, so a lot of the gems seem to have like really um like this makes sense the time gem I get it it makes sense the space gem I get it it makes sense the time and space gem and there's also a reality gem that's a little bit more confusing to me yeah what makes reality different than time and space mm-hmm. it's weird weird one eye bigger than the other squiggly powers or whatever the when the art for the reality stuff is super cool and that bit where like thanos has to like travel through like the spaces in between to go to the stronghold of of order and chaos and it just it shows his like implacable face Mm -hmm. but like things keep happening to it yeah like one of them is like his face gets (laughs) weird and distorted one of them it starts to like crumble it's cool it's super cool like ron Ron lamb really brings the heat Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's oh, it's great. The, yeah, these these two issues would not have worked near as well without that caliber of art. Yeah, okay. I think I think I used to be someone who could excuse art a little more if the story was cool, and I'm becoming less and less that way as time goes on. Right, like the art is so much of the story; it's impossible to separate the two. Yeah. Like, I used to be like, oh, well, you know, like, this run of X-Men is cool, even if it has blah, blah, blah artists I don't like. And now I'm like, nope, not even going to put up with that. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know. It's one thing to be like, oh, the characters are, you know, a little bit over-sexualized in the art. But, like, and, and that's one thing to pick at. But, like, the art as a vehicle for the story is so necessary. Like, that, that is what comics are. So... You can still have art that effectively tells a good story and mm. commits some other sins that you you can maybe excuse, but if it's not effective at telling the story, it's just if it's like if you can't even like call it sequential. Mm-hmm. Like this is a comic where I feel like if you could have halved the number of words in it, and I still would have basically gotten what was going on. Yeah, the art told the story. <sighs> I really, I really love Thanos Quest. This is going to be like like there's a there's, there's some decent bangers coming up for the mm-hmm. for the end of our our podcast, but it, it's just hard to even find like a complaint with Thanos Quest. It's just so short. It knows exactly what it wants to do. It 
It finishes it. You got the same creative team for both issues. That that always helps to have the same always creative helps. team. I across wish that this stories. was something that, that we could just get nowadays. I would easily take seasons of a comic if I could guarantee that the same team was with it the whole time. Right. No fill-in artists like that. Like imagine if if all we had was like banger writers, banger artists drawing like less comics, mm-hmm. but like they were just all like. We knew we were going to get, like, a six-issue, like, mini... You wouldn't even have to call it a six-issue season. Even if it's, like, an arc And then, you know, they take a break for however many months, and we could just still have the same creative team on this this story. I just feel like that's one thing that we've really hammered on and learned a lot in this particular podcast going through these events where a lot of times these are, like, the, like, breakneck pace, like, these have to come out on time and crunch time comics, and... A lot of times, boy, can you tell. Right. We're unfortunately going to get a little bit of that with Infinity Gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has two different uh, artists. <sighs> yeah. But it's because one of them quit. <laughs> <laughs> but it, that, that's the whole, the art tells the story. You have a different, if you have a different storyteller, like, your writer is not your only storyteller. Right. It's, it's collaborative. You can't, you can't switch storytellers throughout the story and still have as an effect as effective a story as if you'd had the same creative team it's true i'm just i'm I'm getting i'm getting so very convinced of that mm-hmm. and it's 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 weird being that way in big two comics and the first announcement of something mm-hmm. being like there's gonna be some ant-man coming up mm-hmm. and i'm like okay but who's doing it right and they're like ant-man and i'm like but who's doing it right right I mean, well, that's what that's they what sh- the big two is built on, like it's character it, it loyalty is, yeah, as it's, opposed it's to just so IP driven. Mm-hmm. Like in in my perfect world, you would tell me Al Ewing is working on this comic with. Uh, well, I'll give an example. If they would have if they would have announced Al Ewing and Tom Riley are going to be working on a comic, Al Ewing is a writer, Tom Riley is an artist. I love the both of them. Mm-hmm. I would have been like hyped immediately. Mm-hmm. But they did the opposite, which is there's going to be an Ant-Man comic coming out. And I'm like, ah, I'm not going to read this. And then mm-hmm. they were like, but it's Al Ewing and Tom Riley. And I'm like, oh, I would have read anything they did. <laughs> they could have they could have done a Wondar comic. Wondar is uh, another Superman analog in the Marvel Universe. I think he's he's poised for a comeback. Right, right. Like, if you have good creatives, it doesn't matter what characters they're working with. But – Say like we're getting a little off topic, but sales dictate that that is not the case. Spider Man is always a top seller. Batman is always a top seller. See, but not everybody's as intelligent as we are. <laughs> <laughs> if only people understood good stories. <laughs> Supposed to. I like I like when blue and red man shoot web. Right, right. Which. You know, there, I, there's got to be, and I know some people have these like who like they're like I always get gotten a Spider-Man character or Spider-Man comic, and I hate a bunch of them. I do want to tell those people you do not have to do that. <laughs> right, right. Like people have such love for a character. Like I loved Dennis Hopeless Spider Woman. Yes. I loved it. I was like in on it. Did the cosplay? Total huge Spider Woman fan. I read the first issue of the new Spider Woman run with a different writer. I was like, nope, this is not for me. This is not the story that I'm into. Mm. And I'm totally fine not reading it. Like, 
Just because you like a character doesn't mean you need to like everybody who writes that character. Right. I don't, I mean, I did actually read everything about Thanos prior to this, but it did have the same writer throughout. It did have slightly different artists, but they generally had the same artists like on the title. Mm-hmm. So all of the warlock was one artist. Mm-hmm. So there was at least that, but I'm not, you know, there's, it's, it's pretty rare that I'm going to, well, I did, I am, I am the exception to my own rule. I just read all the Frank. <laughs> stuff. But that was, that was, I would not have purchased all of them in a row. That was Marvel Unlimited-y. Right. So that was a little different. And I, there's some that I read that I was like, I didn't have to read this. This was not good. So. Mm-hmm. Huh. But yeah, I, I, this is like, this is, to me, this is almost like the, the perfect example of what I want from a big two comic. It didn't feel editorial. Well, I don't know if it was editorially mandated. I didn't, I do know that they wanted to use Thanos as a big bad. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if if Starlin did have to like figure out something to make him like an ultimate bad guy. But I don't know. This was cool and unique. Yeah. You don't get things introduced like this anymore. Instead they just keep using the infinity stones. <laughs> Sometimes I almost feel like everything introduced into Marvel has just been introduced already. That's not true. Cause every time I think that they will do something like put all the mutants on Krakoa or whatever. But <laughs> I don't know. And you say things like, well, Spider-Man always sells well, but like, what? what if we took our concept of like good writers and <laughs> good artists and good stories and we're able to apply that mixed with the IP like successes? Is Could comics be bigger than what they are now if they just told good stories? <laughs> I don't know. Like, most of these Thanos stories sold like crap. Right. Warlock sold like crap, even though it's good. Captain Marvel sold like crap, even though it's good. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Sometimes I think Marvel has... It, is, Marvel and DC, maybe the damage is slightly done. And that they, you know, they've already really planted their flag on, I on like, brand recognition. Right. You know, like... And there's very few creators that can kind of break that mold. Mm-hmm. I think at this point, it's like... Any comic by Grant Morrison would be popular. Right. Any comic by Jonathan Hickman would be popular. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, like, some up-and-comers that we enjoy. Right. So, as a as a creator, you need to be a brand before you yeah. can tell, the, tell good, the good stories that you want. Kind of. It's kind of, it's unfortunate. Yeah. I'm just saying, and then, like, all we the- would be great editors in team. <laughs> just saying. Oh, if we had, like... Tons of money and could basically like take control of a of, of an IP and like <laughs> just do stuff. Ah, oh, we could tell such great stories. Would anyone buy it? Maybe not, but boy, they'd be good. <laughs> well, I feel like we've gotten pretty off topic and we probably need to get into some accolades. Accolades. All right, Christy, what's the best line in this comic? My best line com- came from the gardener who said, all I ever truly craved was the peace of my garden because that line just really resonated with me. <laughs> with you personally. <laughs> with me personally. Yes, that is all you want. <laughs> that is all I want. <laughs> if you could live in a land where your flowers were just in bloom all the time and there were just things happening and it was making fruit, you'd just be delighted. Yep. Yep. I just need a really, a lot of land in a really big greenhouse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mine comes from Thanos. Uh, who's talking to the Grandmaster, where the Grandmaster's like, we're playing for all these gems, even though I have one, right? And Thanos says, I always like to play for the highest stakes possible. Yeah? Yeah, that was pretty good. It was very good. 
Okay, greatest hero is strange because everybody's a bad guy. Everybody's a bad guy. Mm-hmm. So I I gave my greatest hero to the gardener because of him talking about like, hey, I was just gonna step away from this fight for power and just hang out in my garden. I was like, that seems pretty that seems pretty chill. Like maybe heroic, mm-hmm. I guess. That was the closest thing to heroism I could justify. Yeah. What about you? Death for <laughs> just pranking Thanos. <laughs> I like it. That could have been considered silly villainy, but I guess I guess it could be heroism as oh, well. Oh, I have a very good silly villainy. Oh, I'm excited. Okay. Uh, all right. We had a lot of cool moments in here, especially artistically, but what was your coolest moment? The poor gardener, his death, that mm-hmm. like, how you, it, you literally just see Thanos. Mm-hmm. And then it's just set on him and like the branches go up and then eventually recede. And you don't see till the end after Thanos has completed his monologue that the guard, that was, that's, that that is what I'm talking about with that sequential storytelling, not showing the things that could be a good reveal. That's like, when art does good things, that's what I love about comic books. When, when you got, when you just get stuff like that, (laughs) oh, it was so good. It was such a reveal. And it, if I recall, like it, it, it was like a big panel. It was almost like a page turn reveal. Ugh, loved it. Perfect. <laughs> Ideal. I loved the page with the, the panel of the uh, speedster running around Thanos. Uh-huh. And like he's saying, uh, that was a big mistake, Titan. Just like getting to see the speed depicted that way with all with him and all of those multiple poses as Thanos is trying to like laser eyes him down the whole bit with the runner was super it, cool yeah that that whole sequence is great like so that that was just the panel i chose to represent that like it like you said the the sequential storytelling here is really good it gave me it gave me some george perez vibes well you are gonna like the the start of infinity gauntlet oh is it wait it's george perez. <gasps> okay uh, unfortunately, he is the artist that quit. Uh, right. He wanted to. He wanted to take more time and draw more more superheroes, and they wouldn't let him. <laughs> if I if I remember right, he just he got like peeved about something, oh, okay. and, and like I, I read it and I was like, just let, just let the man do his stuff. Right? You're talking to a maestro, right? Okay. So you I said bet they regretted it in retrospect. Oh yeah, uh-huh. they should have. Yeah. All right, you said you had a really good Crusher Creel Award for silly villainy. Lay uh, it on. Minus me. turning the runner into a baby, and then just we, being like, we got it. Yes. <laughs> Turning the runner into a baby is, was so much. I did not see that coming. Like, why? I was like, why would he turn him into a baby? I was like, oh, that's why. Would you like an elder of the universe, baby? <laughs> Collector? Would you collect a baby? A baby. <laughs> All right, hit it, Matt D. Wilson, for that daily double. Okay, key of C. Would you like to do yours first? So my key of C. Um, oh, to the to the, to new listeners, if this mm-hmm. is their first episode, the key of C award is awarded to uh, the moment in this comic that we feel like would be most enhanced if it was turned into a musical number. Mm-hmm. So we have a sequence of pages where all of the the powers of we have the six pages where all of the powers of the infinity gems are depicted, and we see like Thanos's face and some really yeah. really cool like the art for it is it's so good, fantastic. But if we had to have something as a musical number, um, 
I always find like sequences like that with with mm. lots of different kinds of things and reveals. Like you could could have a verse for each stone and um, all sorts of fun effects and you lights. Change, change and, the stage lights for each stone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it would really be like art with lighting throughout that. Thanos Quest the musical. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. It'd be good. Spider Man turn off the dark. <laughs> Maybe, but Thanos Thanos Quest the musical. <laughs> What about you? Um, the negotiation with the in-betweener. Mm. I feel like, you know, the um, the bit from Les Mis where um, uh, 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 Jean Valjean has to convince the innkeeper that he's taking Cosette? Yes. And he's doing it in this, like, weirdly polite way, even though he, like, hates him. Yes. I, I feel like something like that, like, kind of like a little, like, passive-aggressive, like... Mm. With, with with some strings with there. With some passive-aggressive strings. A little bit of nasally singing from the in-betweener. Gotta love some passive-aggressive strings. Passive-aggressive strings. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh... I feel like I know what your answer is going to be, and I feel like it's probably my answer. Nope, nope, no, no, it's mine. not. Yep, you you do your first. Okay, so I I'm going down with the the ship of of Thanos and Death. Like I just love the. She's just playing hard to get. I I love I love the <laughs> pining. I love that his quest is was not really for the gems. His quest was for death. Yeah, and he didn't he didn't fulfill his quest. He didn't. <sighs> so Thanos quest. I failed. I mean like. I ship the anti-relationship, uh-huh. if that makes sense. Yeah. I ship the I ship the quest. You like you you like the uh, the the chase, even though you want it to fail. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Like it, it's a, it's an eternal chase. It, it's oh, it, it's I love it. Sisyphusian. Sisyphus. Sis- yeah. yeah. It's Sisyphusian. Mm-hmm. My down with the ship. It, it does involve Thanos, but it's Thanos in his inner monologue. <laughs> <laughs> Thanos in himself. I just feel like he really likes to talk to himself. <laughs> he does a lot of it. Does Thanos need a therapist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, All right, and our final accolade is for the goodest hit award. What is the goodest hit? Um, my goodest hit uh, was uh, was with Champion. Mm. And uh, Thanos is like blasting his little little green... Blasty Blast is the champion is is trying and trying to get to Thanos. And so it, it, the page is five sequential panels of the champion getting closer and closer and closer until he falls. So it's like a prolonged hit there. Like it's a five panel hit. It's it was good. a good hit. It's good. Mine was the the runner. Just zooming by and like in two hitch, just destroying Thanos' little chair ship. And pieces <laughs> of it are just going everywhere. <laughs> yeah. It felt like it, it was a couple panels where I felt both like the kinetic aspect and like the force of it. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, like the speed and power was so, was so alive in those panels. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved it. Because Thanos is just like, well, I guess the runner's around here somewhere. Boom! Boom! Perfect. <laughs> yep. Made me think that Thanos wasn't that prepared. Like, this is going to be tough for him. And then... Oh. I don't know if he counted on losing his ship, but it was... Uh, right. Oh, so good. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, thank you, readers, for sticking with us. And if you would like to find us on the internet, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Chris's Pod. Email us at Chris's on Infinite Earths at gmail.com. 
And you can uh, find the podcast over at C- or at comicsxf.com as well. We post up those those weekly episodes there. If you're feeling like monetarily supporting us in this, the last run of our podcast, we still have Patreon and Kofi up. Links will be in the show notes. And until next time, readers. Where we grasp the Infinity Gauntlet, slay your enemies, and all you desire shall be yours.